Hey everyone, happy Monday. Of course, there's so much to get into for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Going to go over some key points from Sunday's massive win over the Carolina Hurricanes. The Penguins finally got that monkey off their backs. Also, of course, trade rumors. We're just going to continue to plow through those on this episode and, of course, this entire week. Um, if my luck has it, you know, maybe they'll make a trade while I'm recording right now. Probably not, but, you know, you never know at this point. And, of course, we're going to preview Tuesday night's game down in Nashville. That's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome to another edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is to cover this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, starting things off, going to get into some key points from that game against Carolina, a 4 2. Penguins win, so they lose the season series, but they get a three out of a possible six points against the Hurricanes. And this was a big win um, for Pittsburgh. You know, they're now five and one and one in this massive nine-game stretch against some of the best teams in the league. I'm including Columbus in that because I think they're better than a lot of people give them credit for. Um, but you know, if we shrink it even further a little bit, three and one and one versus Carolina twice, Tampa Bay, Vegas, and Florida. Um, that is a seven out of a possible 10 points. You take that every single time for those people that are saying, well, you know, the Penguins can't play against the best teams in the league, or, you know, they're, they're not really that good. Well, I, I think they just proved that they can play against the best teams in the league. And not only can they play with them, they can beat them. And we saw them again, take down the hurricanes four to two, um, on Sunday. Honestly, I saw some people, you know, a lot more negative than I thought they would be. Um, I didn't like the third period. I guess we'll start there. And we'll just get the negative out of the way. Um, I, I thought they were really on their heels. Um, for a team that didn't play the day before, and in Carolina did, to get that badly out-attempted and outshot the score effects were just really bad. Um, that, that, I think that's kind of unacceptable. You know, I didn't really think Tristan Jari needed to stand on his head there. But, you know, that kind of period – Sometimes you're gonna have you're gonna have periods like that in playoff games. That's how these things go. Sometimes you're not going to be bringing, you know, excuse me, your your 100 best effort every single period. Hell, it's very hard to outplay a team like Carolina for 64 minutes. Heck, any good team um, in the league for that matter. Um, you know, I just, I, I, you know, I know it was two nothing, and maybe they were just turtling a little bit, but it didn't really look like it at times, but, you know, Tristan was standing on his head, playing really well. Um, sometimes, again, you you need your goalie to be your best player, and he was that, but I still would have liked to see more offensive zone pressure and much better forechecking um, in that period. Uh, I just didn't really like how Carolina c- continued to get, you know, look after look after look. You know, they um, made it two to one, a little over five minutes um, into the third period. Brett Pesci makes, uh, makes it two to one there. 
And then the Penguins, you know, they're just they're on their heels for the rest of the time. I mean, Carolina had some great chances to tie it. Um, I'm glad the Penguins were able to, you know, play at least decent defensively at times. But, you know, it was mainly Tristan Jari was the only reason that game was 2-1 to one heading into the final um, couple minutes. I mean, if if he's not on his A game, that, that game is tied, probably going to overtime. And, you know, who knows if the Penguins even win that game. You know, he, he was their best player. And, again, sometimes you got to win ugly. I mean, that, that, every team has to do it once in a while. And I'm glad the Penguins were able to. Um, it, it's a big win. Um, it shows that they can beat Carolina because I think had they lost this game, you know, I, I'm curious to see, you know, what they would be thinking about this. You know, going into the playoffs to be a team that, you know, got swept in the season series. I know that doesn't really mean much come playoff time for some people. You know, it resets, it's 0-0. It's like you haven't really played them. You know, remember, Penguins went uh, – they won all three meetings against Boston in 2013. What happened after that? They got swept. So it, it's nothing – it's not like that big of a deal. But still, you know, I, st- I wonder at times, you know, would there be like a psychological advantage, you know, for Carolinas because they beat them three times in a row and the Penguins – you know, honestly, they didn't they didn't really lead um, that many times um, in those three games. Um, that said, outside of that period, I thought the Penguins played pretty well. Um, that first period, I thought Carolina dictated the first 10 minutes, um, but Pittsburgh really pushed back in those final 10 minutes. That was a really nice um, showing there. They were forechecking a lot better. Defensively, you know, they started out a little rough in that first period, but they didn't really give up a lot. Um, in the in the next half, and then you know, the Penguins are able to make it um, one to nothing. Um, thanks to Brian Boyle, and you know what a story he's been this year. Um, I can't say enough positive things about Brian Boyle. Uh, he he's been that good, and you know, in a perfect world, he's probably your 13th forward on um, come playoff time. I know the deadline is still seven days away. We're gonna have to see what Ron Hextall does. Gonna have to see how the overall health of the team is. You know, Jason Zucker is already uh, back skating. He's been, you know, putting up some really good sessions lately. He's not skating with the team, but he, you know, he's skating with um, some of the other, you know, the, the strength and conditioning people. Um, but you know, it's still great that the Penguins, you know, they have Boyle just in their pocket, honestly. You know, if if they need it. And he's he's exceeded all my expectations this year. I think he's exceeded everyone's expectations this year uh, for the fan base. So I I, I can't be more thrilled with him. Um, great finish, pass anti Ranta. Also, what a pass by Teddy Bluger um, to feed that um, right under the stick. I believe it was Slavin um, who was covering him. I mean, that's just that that that's a beautiful passing play. And you know, it's it's plays like that that really stand out to me. I know he does a lot of the little stuff so well. He's great on the PK. Um, it was pretty good against Carolina's uh, power play um, on Sunday. But, man, is he good with those nice little soft passes right to the high danger zone. You know, again, where, <clears throat> where Boyle's able to finish it. It's just, you know, you can't replace that um, in the bottom six. So, <clears throat> he's he's that's such a fun player to watch, and I'm really glad that he is back healthy. I'm sure he's going to ditch that uh, full face screen. Uh, full face shield, excuse me, pretty soon. And then, you know, the Penguins, you know, they were able to make it 2 nothing. Denton Heinen gets his 13th of the year. His career high is 16. Um, you know, the Penguins continuing to get some depth scoring. That is huge. Remember, Ron Hextall called his team out late last week saying, you know what, I'm not getting enough scoring from the bottom guys. You know, the first 30 to 35 games, I was loving it. 
lately it's not been happening. He was basically challenging the bottom of his lineup to come in and produce, and they have done exactly that these last two games. You know, you look at the goal scorers from the game against Vegas to the game now against Carolina. Think about it. Mike Matheson scored. Hell, Zach Aston Reese finally comes out of the woodworks. I know it's an empty net goal, but you know who knows what that does for his conference. Jeff Carter scores. Evan Rodriguez scores. Dan Heinen scores. He's been a bit cold. You know, again, Brian Boyle, as I just said, you know, it's 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 players like these that you know, they gotta step up down the stretch. And I know at times, you know, you're you're paying a lot of these players to, you know, play in the bottom six. And there there are going to be stretches where they don't score you know, over 15, 16 games, because usually these guys score, what, 10 to 15 a game. But that said, you know, their, their play still needs to be a bit better at times. And I think this has been a really big step in the direction, um, you know, for the depth of this team, because all those players were so good for the first half of the season. And I know they went cold, but to see them, you know, finally step up and especially against Carolina, because for the first time in quite a while, the Penguins top line was pretty bad. Uh, Sidney Crosby looked way off in that game. And it's a mulligan. He's going to be fine. Uh, Brian Rust was okay. Jake Ensel was all right. But, you know, usually that line is carrying the Penguins, right? But not in that game. It was the depth scoring that finally came back as it did against Vegas. That has to continue if the Penguins are going to go, excuse me, on a Stanley Cup run. So really nice to see that back again. First, second game in a row. Sidney Crosby's empty net goal, though, was just spectacular. Basically, a 200-foot empty netter. Um, I don't even know how you aim from down there. And that's just that's crazy. And, of course, you know, Zach Aston Reese, he is able to get back on the score sheet. Only his second goal of the year. I know it's an empty net goal, but, you know, maybe this does wonders for his confidence. Um, trying to think of anything else that I missed for this game. You know, again, Tristan Jari was spectacular. This was probably one of his best starts of the year. Um, was making save after save after save. Um, you know, and again, as I said a few minutes ago, you need your goalie to have games like that at times, especially, especially in the playoffs. Because the Penguins, they're not going to have their best efforts at times in the playoffs. But if if their goalie is able to make some key saves and keep them in it, and they are still able to win ugly, a win is a win at the end of the day. So really nice performance from him. Um, I'm going to get to a little more on the game coming up here in the, in, in the next segment. Obviously, we have a lot more to talk about for this episode as well, including some more trade rumors with Vancouver-Pittsburgh preview uh, for the game against Nashville. But before I get to that, um, our next partner has a product that I have been using a lot for the last week. So I started taking Athletic Greens last week. You know, I, I kind of wanted more energy sometimes during the day. I'm, you know, very laid back. Maybe it's just because I'm sitting on the couch writing a lot of stories for um, the spun by sports social of course, that's where I work, you know, heck, even my girlfriend, um, has been trying it for a week. And, um, you know, I, I honestly, I think it's pretty good. You know, it doesn't taste like it's super healthy. You know, it has kind of has like a mild tropical taste that I, but I still actually look forward to every morning. So you're probably wondering what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of, of, of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, you know, all 
of those things. You know, I usually consume it, you know, right after lunch, honestly, again, you know, I still want to, you know, be as healthy as I can be. Um, I don't really like doing it in the morning. I think that's just the wrong kind of, day, especially when I'm drinking coffee. Um, that's just, that, that, that's not going to mix well. Um, you know, at, at least in my opinion, but, um, you know, as for a price range, it costs you less than $3 a day for this. You know, you're risking your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's also cheaper than getting all the different supp supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. They also have over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by a lot of professional athletes, trusted by le leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss. Um, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So remember a while ago when that art museum mattress factory asked me to do some promos? Well, I have great news for you all. 22 of you bought tickets through that link, which was way more than they anticipated. Thank you for showing up and proving that hockey fans are more complex than a lot of art people give us credit for. Your response is why they wanted to come back and make a big investment in bridging that sports slash art divide. Mattress Factory is actually partnering with the Penguins again against the Boston Bruins on April 21st. And this time, the museum is giving hockey fans free year-long memberships not just a day pass. You can learn more and get your tickets at mattress.org slash go pens. Also, you got to check out the Lockdown Penguins Twitter account tomorrow. There's going to be a couple questions that the museum wanted me to ask you. I'm going to be reading and replying to some select comments here on the show. Just saying, I warned them that you're going to be honest, but hey, you know, just be cool about it. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So um, a couple other thoughts from the game against Carolina on Sunday. Kasperi Kappen comes back into the lineup. Actually had a couple of good scoring chances. You know, it's big baby steps. You know, very nice. Um, came in on a two-on-one. Decided not to pass it as he's done so many times. And actually had a nice wrist shot on Ronta. Better save. Another time he comes into the zone. Right, uh, right boards again. Fires a nice slapper that, you know, he probably scores last year, but you know, this time it's saved again. But, you know, it's it, it's a process. It's a process. You know, I'm glad that he was actually having a much more of a shoot-first mentality, um, at least. So to see that um, it makes me a little bit happy. I know it's probably not going to mean much in the long run, but, you know, I think it was at least a little bit of a step in the right direction. Obviously, Marcus Pedersen was scratched. Definitely a little surprised, but, you know, I think Sullivan wants to see how Mark Friedman does with a bigger sample size because he has been pretty good. I don't have a problem with it, um, but it does create an interesting situation with the Penguins' blue line here, which I guess leads me into you know some of the trade rumors. Um, you know the Penguins and Canucks. It sounds like they've been talking a whole lot um, lately. And um, per Elliot Friedman on the Jeff Merrick Show, Thirty Two Thoughts podcast, and you know Hockey Night in Canada this weekend, it sounds like old friend Jimmy Rutherford and Patrick Alvine. They've been asking about John Marino. Um, they would like to acquire for him. I'm sure the Penguins would love a forward in return. You know, Besser, Garland, heck, even JT Miller. Somehow that's probably not going to happen. Um, but you know, but he all, but Freeman did say 
it doesn't sound like the Penguins are interested in trading Marino because they think highly of him. And, you know, I would have to agree at this juncture. I think that's a move that you maybe explore over the summer once Chris Letang is signed. Um, I'm, I am not a fan of, of trading John Marino right now because say you do and say Chris Letang walks. What, what are we doing? I mean, in all seriousness, what are we doing here? What is the plan? for those top two right-handed defensive slots. I mean, is Chad Ruido going to go up there and play top pairing minutes? Nope. Is Mark Freeman up there going to go play top pairing minutes? Nope. I, I, I don't think they are. Um, they're going to have to either go out and make a couple trades, couple, mess on a couple free agents, you know, and maybe, um, you know, John Klingberg, of course, is going to be out there. I know the Stars are basically keeping him right now as a rental. But, you know, it just it, – it doesn't make – I guess a lot of sense for the Penguins to go out in trade Marino right now. Uh, it, I think personally it would make more sense to go out and maybe trade Pedersen over Marino. And I know how good Pedersen is at, you know, his own entry denials and all this defensive work. It's, it's all very good. You know, his underlying numbers um, are, you know, they're, they're great to, to say the least. But I still think that's a position of strength that the Penguins can deal from. And again, per Friedman, um, the, the, the Canucks actually have Pedersen circled as another target for the Penguins. So I don't know if there is a deal to be made there. Friedman kind of poo-pooed that on a lot of other, you know, just on, on all of the shows that he appeared on. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see where this next week takes us. You know, maybe talks can get rekindled or something like that. But as of right now, it doesn't look likely to happen. Again, my top target from Vancouver um, would be Connor Garland. Five times five, better underlying numbers. I think he's a better finisher than uh, Besser. I think he's a better playmaker than him. He's better defensively. You can just you can honestly play him on any line, um, either, wi- uh, either wing, to be honest. Um, Besser has that massive qualifying offer. And, you know, outside of, you know, sometimes scoring, I mean, he doesn't really bring – a lot to the table. You know, I, I would still welcome him as an addition here, but I would prefer to go after someone like Garland. Um, that's just, that. that's my opinion though. I don't really know if Vancouver wants to give him up. I mean, Vegas has been really bad lately. The Canucks are right there in the playoff chase. Um, so we, we are going to have to see what happens there um, with that, you know, for over this next week, to say the least. Um, I think that basically wraps up all the trade rumors um, that I've been hearing on the Penguins, there's really just been, it's been pretty quiet. You know, obviously Ron Hextall keeps a very low profile. He doesn't, he's not going to say much. Um, but again, I still feel like it's prudent for him to go out and get another winger. Um, this team has proven that they can play with the top teams only. They're five and one and one in their last seven, three and one and one in their last five. I know they have two more coming up, three more games total um, until the deadline, Nashville, St. Louis, and Arizona. But I still think Ron has to go out um, and at least do something. Um, in my opinion, um, the only thing I've, I don't really think I have anything else to touch on from the Carolina game. Just a great win, and the Penguins are still second place right now in the Metropolitan Division, and it would be a one hell of a series if those two teams go at it. But coming up in the next segment, we're going to preview the game on Tuesday against Nashville. And would you believe me if I told you that Philip, uh, not, that uh, Matt Duchesne um, has 31 goals this year? Yep. It's uh, I am I am dead serious too. I I, I saw I was reading uh, I was honestly scrolling Twitter today 
And I saw Adam Gretz wrote the article for, I believe it was Pro Hockey Talk uh, of NBC. And I was just like, what? Yeah, he has yeah, 31 goals, 59 points in 55 games. And this is a player that was not not really that good um, last year. He only had th- 13 points in 34 games. The year before that, 13 goals, 42 points. This is the first time he scored 30 since 2015-16 when he was with Colorado. But that's all coming up in the next segment when I do a full preview. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. March Madness is here from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports betting with, uh, information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to a resolution to eat right, thanks to you, Bill Bart. Almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Bill Bart's best-tasting bars. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so freaking good. Overall, though, with, with all Bill Bar's, you know, they're low-calorie, high-protein. You can place your candy bars with these. They have 100% real chocolate with them. Most of them contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. For the flavors, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Penguins. So, big matchup on Tuesday night, 8 p.m. start down in Nashville, Tennessee. This will be the Penguins' first time playing the Predators this year. I'm sure UC Soros is going to get the start. Um, he has been absolutely ridiculous this year. Has 21.7 goals saved above expected off of a 9.23 save percentage. 2.44 goals against average. His goal saved above expected is third in the league behind Shostorkin and Frederick Anderson. Tristan Jari is still top 10, 14 goals saved above expected off of a 9.22 save percentage. Um, so it all starts there. Um, he was honestly going to be Pecorino's successor Going back to 2017, you know, that that's how long he's been with the organization. Heck, I think he's been there even longer than that, um, too. But you know, he's he's here um in a real way. Um, he's one of the best goaltenders in hockey. I think I don't think enough people talk are talking about him as a potential Vesna trophy candidate. Um, he's one of the biggest reasons why Nashville is um in a playoff spot right now. Um, but you know, a big reason why, you know. Nashville is in a playoff spot is because of their high-end talent this year actually playing like, you know, they're, they're getting, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, you know, they're being paid like elite players, but they weren't playing like it last year. This year, they actually are playing like it and living up to the money that they make. 
Um, Roman Yossi has been unreal. 66 points in 57 games. He's going to be a Norris Trophy finalist. Heck, you know, he may even win it potentially this year. He's one of the three best defensemen in the league. As I already said, Matt Duchesne has 30 goals. Philip Forsberg is over a point per game. He also has 30 goals. Johansson's almost at a point per game, 44 points in 56. Mikhail Granlin's played really well. Uh, you know, Colton Sissons is right there. Um, you know, but it's it's mainly those first four guys that I mentioned that have been so good this year for Nashville. And that's just, that's really had them, you know, they were in the top three in the central. Now they're down in a wild card spot. They're in a bit of a dogfight to get into the playoffs, but you know, that, that's been the main reason why Nashville has been so good. Their top line of Forsberg, Johansson, and Duchesne has been one of the best top lines in hockey. Mikhail Granlin is on the second line with uh, Tolvanen, one of their young players who's, um, I'm looking at his numbers right here. You know, he has he he's only he's played in all almost all their games, but has 17 points in 56 games. He's struggling a little bit, but you know he's still really young. I think at this point, um, Colton Sissons anchors the third line. Um, I'm pretty sure they I forgot they totally have Nick Cousins, but you know you know Tanner Genot, 18 goals, 33 points in 59 games. He is on the third line defensively. Roman Yossi obviously manning the top pairing. Matias Ekholm is still there. Um, I believe I believe he's got other defensemen. You know, Ben. I almost forgot Ben Harper was in the league. Uh, Matt Benning, I almost forgot was in the league. Um, you know, they're not that deep on D. It's mainly just Yossi and Ekholm, and then just kind of a bunch of meh. But again, you know, they they've been carried by their high end talent this year. Um, you know, I, I think you know John Hines has done a pretty decent job with them because last year, you know, they made the playoffs, but you know, it didn't really look like they deserved to be there because a lot of their high-end talent was just stinking up the joint. But this year, you know, they actually look like a bona fide playoff team, and um, you know, it's it's all due to their stars actually living up to the money that they are making. Um, obviously, the vibe check is going to be crucial for the Penguins. They play much better on the road this season compared to home. You know, I know the Penguins have won two straight games at PPG Paints Arena. They went two and one on this uh, three-game homestand. Now they have three games. On the road before the deadline, um, obviously the one of the biggest keys as well, stopping down, stopping the Nashville's high end talent. Curious to see what Mike Sullivan does with that uh, with that top line for the Predators. Uh, I'm not really sure what line he's going to match them against. Maybe it's the Blue Girl line because you know they can honestly go out there against anyone. But I also wouldn't be surprised if the Crosby line um, goes out against them to take that top line away, and then you know the Penguins can also just play their matchups because honestly, you know. Nashville's bottom six is it's it's okay, but I, I I would still take Pittsburgh's, and I think their second line is also. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, Granlin's not bad. Tolvanen is still young. Kunin is 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 a decent player, but you know the Penguins' depth, I think, you know, shines over the Predators right here. So that's an eight PM start. Going to be a fun game. I'm sure the Penguins will play Nashville back in Pittsburgh. I believe um, it is back in April. Um, if I am not mis- I'm, if I'm not, I'm just going to double check the schedule here real quick. No, I do not have the entire schedule memorized. I'm not going to do that here. Yeah, the Penguins will play the Predators. Yeah, April 10th, 4 p.m. start. That's a Sunday. So um, about a month's difference. So it's it's pretty weird. You know, we we're, we're getting to the part of the schedule where usually the Penguins have played almost every team in the league, but you know, not Nashville. Heck, they haven't even played Colorado yet, and they're not going to play Colorado. I think until April. Um, they will not play the Avalanche until April 2nd, and then they'll play them again the next week. So 
Um, and we have those games to look forward to as well. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening to this one. I'll be back on Tuesday for a full game recap episode for the Penguins Predators. And then remember, Thursday they're in St. Louis. Saturday they are in the desert in Arizona. So thank you all so much for listening to this one. And I will be back with you all on Tuesday.